Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Moth. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I'm your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman, and our producer, Marshall James. What's up? What's up, everybody? We're here. We're back. I hope the sound in here is pleasing to you. It's pleasing to me. Should be better. Yeah. Right. So, so you might notice that we are either in a smaller sounding space for those people that are audio only, or mm. in a smaller physical space for people watching on live video or in recorded edited video. And that is because this is the beginnings of our new space. You can't tell, but on the right hand side on the lines, you can see screws still in the walls. And those are the drywall that we're building out. So we will have a better, more intimate space that hopefully the sound will sound better in general. There's going to be foam on the walls, carpet, uh, but it also makes it so it's a little bit tighter. So we're a little bit more intimate, uh, and but that's happening. New, big, exciting things. And there'll be more of those big changes. Ben's like, going to have a desk yeah. that we can, he can store stuff in, like business cards. I'm excited about it. That's... I don't even know where your business cards are. Nobody knows where no, I have them in my house. Um, oh. So, uh, yes, but that is the exciting difference between what you guys are seeing today and what you've seen in the past. Um, Alex and I have a ton of cool stuff coming up today on the show. We're going to be talking about some of the big decks over the weekend, i.e. they're all Is It Phoenix, um, as well as some other big decks. We're going to be breaking that down. There is a flurry of band talk, which there is going to be every single week as long as there's a good deck in the format, so we'll address some of that. And the main topic for today is that we're going to be talking about Modern Horizons predictions, officially. Uh, today on the episode, we're going to be having a whole conversation about the cards we think are going to show up. This is a big episode for Alex because, in general, he's really, really, really good at called shots. No pressure. Wow. Now I'm bad at it. You ruined that. Um, How's day two feel? Yeah, sick. <laughs> I um, like how your accomplishment is me winning. That's so sweet. Yeah. So I, that's like me in total control. I manipulated you I into feel that. Like, mm, I feel like it's me in total control. I've stolen your thunder. You manipulated me into winning and doing great. well. It's because um, I'm here to support you, Ben. You manipulating me is me failing at shot calling. Me manipulating you is you winning because hmm. I'm the better person. <laughs> you guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media if you'd like. <laughs> I'm at Kev Wiley. Yeah. And this is the at the MMCast on Twitter, Instagram, pretty yeah. much everywhere. We're the same. We so made that consistent. Let's talk a little bit about some of the winning percentages. Um, the day two metagame from Bilbao Tampa Bay. I just said Tampa Bay. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> and Philly. Uh, this last weekend, Is It Phoenix showed up in 21.35%. Uh, humans with 7.65%. Tron, 6.5%. Burn, 623 Dredge, just over 6%. Green Black Rock, 4.6%. Uh, GDS, what am, I, what am I doing there? What's GDS? Uh, Grixis Death Shadow. 4.63, Blue Eye Control, 4%, Affinity, just under 4%, War Prison at 3.38, Valica, Titan Shift, 3%, and Spirits, just over 3%. Those are the big decks. Uh, it's notable that Is It Phoenix accounts for the entire share of the right side of that column, plus some. Well, it, so, so, there's so, so there's something to be, there's two things to be wary of. One is, it's a new deck, and we've talked about last week how people need to be a little bit wary about how, you know, yes, it's doing really well right now, but the format hasn't really figured out how to do it. And there's some things that, you know, Corbin Housler just wrote a really good Twitter thread on, like, the best way to beat Phoenix versus the worst way, and people haven't really figured that totally out. Now, Corbin, if you're listening cool. to this and your name is, in fact, Housler, I'm sorry for interrupting Alex. If it's Housler, then I'm glad I did. We both love you, and we appreciate that you have a great name. Moving on. Great Twitter thread. Check it out. Um, but uh, the, the, the main point is that it's hard to beat. The other thing is, we don't get day one percentages at GPs. Wizards doesn't like that information. Right, right. So something to really be aware of is that, like, yes, it had 21% of the day two, but what was that conversion rate? What percentage was Phoenix in day one? Like, did everyone just right. play the deck? It's and, and something like... Modern is expensive, and so the decks that are going to be best at beating Phoenix are expensive to put together. The thing about Phoenix is, is other than the lands, which every Splinter, Twinner, Splinter Twin player in the country has had no use for for the last four years, but has had, and the Phoenixes themselves, the deck is really inexpensive. You can, like, so, okay, four Scalding Tarns, if you get played ones, you're getting for about 300 bucks. Four Phoenixes, you're getting for less than 200. Mm -hmm. So, like, pretty much the whole, the, the base of the deck is, like, four to $500, and I think the rest of the deck is, like, another 100 bucks. 
like this, maybe the canals, the Spire Bluff canals are probably like eight dollars each. Mm -hmm. Thing in the ices are maybe fifteen. The Spire Bluff canals are going down because they're in the new, uh, they're in the new Challenger decks. This deck is probably six fifty if you mm -hmm. just buy the thing outright, and if you trade and are clever about it, like it usually plays six fetches instead of four. But the other blue fetches aren't that expensive. And and beyond that, like there are a lot of blue red players in the world already. Yeah. Like yeah. The, there's a lot of people that putting like that's kind of more the point is like getting the lands is expensive, and if this was like a really good blue-green deck, I think that would be harder to get this large of numbers playing already because not everyone has their place in a Mystery Reinforces. Did you but see? most people have their playlists of Scalding Tarns that are that are a, a, a large percentage of the modern player base has, and this deck is very easy and inexpensive to pick up and very good. It's obviously the best deck. Speaking of which, did you see that Mystery Reinforce doubled? No. It's now as, as expensive as a Scalding Tarn. Interesting. Within $10 of it. Like, it's like over... And it, is it just because of I'm Phoenix not totally playing? sure. I, I think the Phoenix deck, only the off-color blue ones, you can play any of them. I think it might be like the Wilderness Reclamation deck, the like Teaching Sultai mm, deck. I'm going to put money down on our later subject of the day being the reason. I think it's Modern Horizons. I think like all of the cards that people are most excited being reprinted into that set are things that could make Sultai better. And so... All of the shops are just like, why waste time, Misty Rainforest? If, if they do half of these, Misty Rainforest will be this expensive, and we might as well just put it that price. I think it's a totally fair point. And I mean, the, the sad thing for me is that of the 40 fetch lands that you should own if you're like a player who wants to play modern, I think I'm short like seven, and three of them are Scalding Tarns and three of them are Misty's. Mm. That's such a bummer. Like, I have almost, I think I'd like literally have, I'm missing like one Arid Mesa, one Verdant Catacombs, and then like those. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, I have play sets of all of them. And now I'm just not going to buy them because... I think I have seven Scalding Turns. You have seven Scalding Turns? Mm -hmm. You're a jerk. Well, three of them are foil. It's interesting that I have... A, it's interesting that I have one and you have seven. I feel like there's math there we could do that would put me up to four. Well, but each of them have a commander home, and then I have the four that I play with when I'm playing Constructed. But now I need one for Highlander. Oh, Highlander. That's a whole other topic that actually there will be relevance to and excitement to talk about at some point, but not right now. Not um, today. Not yeah. today, then. So you past... put your Highlander back in your grimoire and lunchbox and I was take quick it to about Hong it. Kong. I was quick about it. So, so beyond Is It Phoenix, which we talked about Can't pretty extensively. With glasses on. That was last. Yeah, it was a ill. It was, yeah. It well, I put them on for Tampa because they're Florida themed in the fact that they're oh, bright and colorful. I missed that when I said Tampa Bay. Yeah, I put them on. The reason I said it like that was because I don't actually know how to say Bilbao. And I said Bilbo, like Bilbo Baggins, and then I was like, Tampa Bay. All right, we're off the rails. Everything is terrible yeah. for me. <laughs> so um, back to the winning percentages of decks. Just just anything else that sticks out to you here, really uh, particularly. Real you guys are glossing over how incredibly expensive Surgical Extraction is. Oh yeah, Surgicals are like- $65 card. Well, but that, that was true now, because this deck is good. Surgical doubled, huh? Yeah. Surgical was 30 when I played that tournament two weeks ago. Well, it turns out I think the most recent tournaments have really just shown how insane free spells are, mm -hmm. whether they be gut shot or surgical extraction. I jokingly tweeted today, ban Metamorphos? Surgical extraction. Oh. And it's been, people have responded to it in funny ways. Well, and I mean, I don't think you should. Okay. Like. <laughs> so I, I think the rest of the stuff on here are, are pretty known quantity decks. The only other one on here that really jumps out at me is a deck that I know is showing up more. And you did actually see Sam Black playing a Lantern Control deck, which is not that far from the War Prison deck. Mm -hmm. And War Prison shows up here over 3%. So a lot of people were piloting War Prison. Well, so this is, this is actually something I wanted to bring up. The thing that I think is more important to realize is that a Valakut deck has shown up in the top eight of every single modern tournament since KCI was banned. Same as one War Prison deck. Like both of them are, and maybe not every single one, that might be a little fishy, but most of both have shown up. I think these decks are both very difficult to play. They're a card suite that most people aren't putting together, but they're performing against both Dredge and Is It Phoenix in ways that are, to me, feel like they are really well positioned right now. And it's just that because of the difficulty of playing those decks, they aren't showing up in the same numbers. And because of the problem I described before, where pretty much everyone has an Is a Phoenix decks, most of the cards in Red Green Titan Shift are weird. Like what? not everyone has a playset of all twelve Red Green, you know, Mountain Forests. I've played against uh, Titan Shift enough times in my life. Like I know, and I especially know the older iterations of that deck. Like the newer one, I haven't played against as much. What makes it so good against the? like super fast sort of non-fair magic for, like is it in dredge like why is it so good against those i think because the ways that is it stops people from doing stuff titan shift just kind of goes around like uh shifting in a primeval titan 
So like, like getting four lands, give, put, doing six damage trample, and then valkuting them to death. And it's like, like good luck like, with your good luck with your lightning bolt. Right. You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that it goes over those decks, and that's just how it goes around. It's also it's not just Titan Shift, so it's Titan Shift and Amulet, and both of them have the ability to just like I'm going to win kind of this in a similar turn that Dredge and. Um, is it Phoenix decks are going to win, but I'm going to go over what you're doing in such a larger way that you don't have a way to stop me. And I have, like, there are a ton of red-green ways to stop both of those decks that you can side into that the reverse isn't true. That's interesting. So I think the rest of the stuff on here really for the most part... Having not played the deck at all, so I could be yeah, wrong, and I mean, I'd love if, if someone uh, wants to tweet at us or message us, like, you have that has played, experience with Titan Shift and... I feel like you have played Titan Shift. I have you never have, played... I played Titan Shift. I've never played Amulet. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I have no idea... The in and Z out of Amulet, it's powerful and it's dope, but I have no idea. I played against Amulet a lot at one point. I can't remember when. One tournament, I was I was piling some shenanigans, and like one of the guys I was testing with had that deck, so I played like twelve games against it. It's interesting. It's really disruptible. Like I noticed playing against it at the tournament this last two weeks ago. Um, they, it's good and it's powerful what they're doing. They are super reliant on Azusa, like incredibly, mm -hmm. and Azusa is very fragile. That's not so, true. They have other cards in the deck. No, no, no. I know. I'm saying, like, like, for instance, as a Phoenix player, if you just bolt their Azusa, it's pretty likely that they don't win. Like, there's other things you want to be doing, but, like, you're pretty fast. So, unless you have a really slow hand or they have a lot of redundancy, that's the most important card, I think, to get rid of. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Amulet is impossible for you to interact with. Yes. Like, if yes, they have an Amulet in play, that then, is true. and you, like... And I think both of those decks are also decks that have big Haymaker turns. I yeah. think that's something also that's really important in this format in general is you cannot do anything and you're just slowly building yourself into a position in a hard to interact with way, like by playing just more lands or like ramp spells. And then on one big turn, you play everything at once and you just win. And that's like, Scapeshift does that. Scapeshift is like, I'm going to stop you from doing yourself a little bit, then cast a Scapeshift and dome you for 18. And you fetched at least once because that's how magic works in modern and you are dead. So I really want to make sure that we spend enough time talking Horizons today. Um, so I'm actually going to move us along because that conversation about sort of what's going to be added to the format that's going to combat these top decks I think mm -hmm. is a really interesting one for us to have. Um, a quick word from some of our shoutouts before we get there. What's up guys, Masters of Modern here, I'm Ben Bateman. I'm Alex Kessler. And we've got a couple quick shout outs for you guys that we wanted to remind you of on this episode. The first one is Twitter, at the MMCast. We've had a Twitter for years, it's a great place to interact with us. We post exclusive images of our brand new spoiler cards, all kinds of cool stuff. Check it out, at the MMCast, it is a great way to support the show. Kess, where can the folks find you personally? I'm at Kess Wiley. You guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media. The second thing is we have a YouTube. You may be watching this right now, honestly, you might be listening to it, but one of the big pushes for us in 2019 is to build this YouTube channel. We want to get more eyes, more ears, bigger guests, better episodes, higher production quality. We even hired a producer right now, so you might even see the camera angles changing. Subscribe, like, comment. It's going really well so far, and honestly, if you guys support it, even if you're an audio listener already, it's a huge thing you can do to help us grow this. The third thing, and maybe the most important thing for our long-term health, is patreon.com slash the MMCast. Guys, this year is going to have a ton of cool rewards for you. We really want to make the Patreon feel special, and it's a great way to help us grow. Our ability to hire the producer, to get new gear, to do anything cool in the future is going to be dependent on our ability to actually pay for it. Because right now, Alex and I are just paying out of pocket for the show. You know, We love it, but that's what we're doing. Well, and, and the producer will help us kind of make sure we stay on stuff on Patreon, so it'll be a really thriving community. Yeah. Now, the last thing I want to talk to you guys about is the command zone. Jimmy Wong, Josh Lee Kwai, these guys helped us start this thing. Mm -hmm. Collected.company is where you can find their stuff. They're seriously the most professional magic people in the world. Not named Ben and Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they make awesome content every week. Commander Focus. They do game nights. They do uh, the command zone is the, obviously the podcast, the sister podcast of the MMCast. Check them out. Collected.company It's the same place you can find our episodes every week as well. And the last thing is if you guys want to check out a great community, check out the Facebook group, the Masters of Modern. There's a ton of people in there. It's very interactive. There are constantly threads about new decks, new conversations. Uh, it's very active. Check it out. That's uh, Facebook, the official Masters of Modern group. And otherwise, let's get back to the show. Yep. Thanks, guys. So we're back talking Modern Horizon speculation. And there's been a lot of articles, a ton of content creators. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a topic that a lot of people have been discussing. You and I have loosely discussed this now on several shows. Mm -hmm. But I think this is going to be sort of treated as our formal discussion. And well, 
This is going to be our formal early speculation. Prediction. We're going to talk about this a lot. Formal early speculation. <laughs> because there's... Before we get to second speculation, and that's before we have early rumination. Well, there's going to be... There's going that's to be, before you know, second dinner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're a bunch of hobbits. Uh, so, the hobbits come out twice this episode. That's two. Bilbo. All right, keep talking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we have... The Modern Horizons this episode, we're really reviewing to the announcement. We did like a small brief discussion of it, but now we're kind of doing predictions. Then once more information comes out and we get closer, there'll be like either during spoilers or the next time they kind of reveal yeah. stuff, like archetypes, we'll talk about that, and then there'll be a review, and then there'll be a post-fact review. So there'll probably be like four episodes this year on this subject matter, there's, but we figured we should get this one out of the way. I mean, there's there's just so much to say about it, mm -hmm. and I think there's a couple different places to start. Like, like one, I think it feels like the most consistent conversation people are having is the counterspell conversation. That's the one that I feel like has come up on here the most. It's the one that I've seen the most people discuss is which counterspell, which is gonna be the marquee counterspell of Modern Horizons, right? What if there's none? It's, I think there's gonna be two, but what if there's none? Right, so, so, so like, <laughs> I, I think let's start there. Let's kind of recap. So your options really are Force of Will, Days, Counterspell, Flusterstorm, right? Those are the four exciting ones. I, I posted um, Memory Lapse was a fifth one that I think people weren't talking Arcane about. Arcane Denial. Like, there's like some medium ones that could be included as a common in the set just to have as part of the limited format. But I think Counterspell seems to be everyone's favorite pick for a lock, though I can see that not being true. I think Days is my least favorite of the four you named. I think Flusterstorm is the most lucky. Uh, just from the perspective, not lucky, lucky sorry, likely. most likely, yeah. just from the perspective of it's definitely not too powerful for Modern, it specifically hates on decks that Wizards likes to be hated on in Modern, it's a totally fine card and it's really just not there because they're never going to print Storm in a standard set, like it, like it's non-standard playability is because of the word Storm on the card, and uh, Force of Will is the big haymaker. Now if they print Force of Will, which I think is possible, that's them... That's the statement. That's what makes this set excited for modern players. I can see Wizards not doing that, because it could be bad for the format, though I don't think it necessarily will be. And it truly just depends on Wizards' willingness to make that big of a hailmaker. Haymaker. Haymaker. I don't know, sports. Hailmaker. <laughs> that big of a hailmaker. <laughs> Wizards' version of a haymaker, because they're wizards, not farmers. And <laughs> So, okay. Hey, hey farmers. It's farmers. Hailmaker. It's a sports <laughs> reference. Is it a sports thing? So, <laughs> like, what I think, what I think is like, okay, if, if you're talking those four main ones, so let's let's say you're throwing out memory lapse, you're throwing out arcane denial, foil. There, there might be some cool like side version of a card. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. At common, we're not like there's four counter spells. I don't think they can get away with more than two. Misdirection or something like there's a card you could get printed, but like most of those are not going to make a massive impact. Um, where I think the interesting conversation here is, is it goes. Yeah. So one thing to say, because this is key information, in the live stream, they said that the best card is in the set card, is a right? blue card. So we don't know what card it is, but they're like, oh, you're talking about maybe revealing these cards and this one, you know, this, there's this one blue card we were really excited to reveal. And like, well, we shouldn't reveal the best card in the live stream that we're announcing it. That is the information we have. That's that, why Force of Will is brought up so often. And that's why the conversation has been so centered around, I think, counter spells and then so, to some degree brainstorm. So what I was basically saying was that if you focus on those four counter spells, there's, there are kind of specific reasons that each one is uh, significant for this set, but also why I think they wouldn't be in the set, right? So I think the card Counterspell is a card that they have talked about considering for Standard before. Um, they've talked about it over the years. Is there a Standard environment they could print that card into that would be relevant? And I think you want to make sure that you're keeping some marquee reprint cards as possibilities for Standard sets. Of these cards and of the really powerful Counterspells that exist, that is the most basic, staple, standard counterspell you could print if you wanted to have a set that was really headlined by a counterspell. So in my opinion there, there's a decent well, chance that like you get some mileage out of the other ones. I think you could hold off on counterspell if you're wizards here, and even save it for Modern Horizons 2 if you wanted to. Maybe. Maybe, and you maybe coincide with a standard printing, unless there's a standard printing coming soon, which I don't think there is. Counterspell is the most boring while also being the most exciting option, where like the other ones are all different from that. So secondly, I think Force of Will, as I've said before, I don't think would be that powerful in Modern. It would be great. Like It would be good, it would just would be fine. It would be good. Um, there aren't that many decks in Modern you need to generate card disadvantage to keep up. Um, there's a few, but not that many. And so I don't think that card disadvantage as like your A plan that excites you in your opening hand is as significant as it is in Legacy, where you can catch back up and you kind of need it. Also, I think it makes it so close to Legacy. If they print Force of Will into Modern, it's them making that clear statement of, 
this is just going to be legacy and we're doing everything we can to make it legacy. So I have this conversation with Michael. I think there are three defining cards in legacy and I think every other card is not as defining the format as those three. Wasteland, Brainstorm, Force of Will. Yes, good. Yes. You won. Brainstorm and Wasteland I think are more definitive, like they sculpt legacy into being what it is. Yep. Where I think Force of Will is a more of a necessary evil of the format in the sense that the older that magic becomes, the more you need a hard, safety valve on, and yeah. Force of Will is very good at that. And it is pretty fair. Like, yes, it's problematic. I don't think it's ever standard viable, because I think in that format it's problematic. But, like, without Brainstorm in the format especially, you don't have, with Fetchlands, Ancestral Visions. At instance, right. you like, that's not available to you. So you, you, the card advantage, as you mentioned, is problematic. And the one comment people have about Modern, that's their biggest complaint, is it's just a lot of linear decks that have big, powerful things that you can't stop. And for a long time, Thoughtseize was able to do that and, and Inquisition of Kozilek. And now we're getting to a point where they're not able to kind of compete with Keep the decks up. that are doing it, especially since so much of them are graveyard themed, that having a Force of Will type card added to the format is possibly something that would be really good for it. So beyond those two, you mentioned that the most exciting and likely, sorry, the most likely for you is Lusterstorm, with the other option being Days. So let's compare those two because I think while Counterspell is sort no, of no, the no. most I boring, think, most... I think Days is the least likely. I would actually be unhappy if Days was added to Modern. See, it's fine. That's where you and I disagree. I've talked about this. Sure. I actually think Days is the one of these Counterspells I would like to see the most. Days is the Counterspell that I think works the best in Modern just simply for its interaction with Shocklands. I think it creates enough of a disadvantage to doing that in a format where it's already a disadvantage to start at 17 that I really do think maybe you get some super, super mono bluey tempo decks or like... But Death Shadow exists. Like there's enough formats where paying life into it is actually a value to the format. And I feel that the feel bads on days are so much worse than the other two. Counterspell you can see coming. Force of Will, they lose a life and they discard a card. So there's a lot of cost to Force of Will happening. And it's bad on the front end. Like cats countering a spell for five minutes is bad. You, dazing someone for two is fine. And the feel bads that happen around days, and it just encourages people to play with one drops. Like it, it, it makes whoever's playing days only want to play with spells that cost one. Force of Will is good with Jace the Mind Sculptor. Force of Will is good with four drops because it makes it so you want to discard these more expensive cards, which means that you get a larger variety of playable threats versus days. The only deck that plays days in, in Legacy are Merfolk and, and Delver. And I don't even think Merfolk plays days. I think it's just Delver. So, okay, so then maybe, and, and what you're saying is that you think it's the worst, not because it's the most like uh, parasitic, but you're thinking it's the worst because it's the least exciting. No, I think it's, it's, it is the least fun of those three car okay, four okay. cards to be added. I think it is the worst from a gameplay perspective. And I think they're all comparable on power. I think Flusterstorm is less powerful than the other three. I think the main three are comparable on power level in different ways. That's why Flusterstorm to me, while you say is the most likely, and maybe you're right, is the one that I would be the most disappointed to see printed because it's I don't... It's taking up the counterspell slot of one yeah, of the cards. Yeah, it's a marquee card that I don't think really moves the needle for me. And Storm isn't really a thing consistently in modern. Oh, but it's good against... Where Storm would really shine against. It's good against other decks. It's good. I mean, it's really good against Phoenix, but like, yeah. it, it's, it's just in general... Yes, it's the safest to print. And like, I can see them not blinking about printing Flusterstorm in a set. And I don't know if they it's want to print both Counterspell and Force of Will. That seems extreme. I think they would print Force of Will and Flusterstorm or Counterspell and Flusterstorm. So that's more... I don't think you get both. I think that's not... Is Flusterstorm good against Phoenix? It's fine. It's, oh, it's, 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 it's yeah. about as good as Spell Pierce, honestly. Like, they don't have that many lands usually. Sure. It's fine. It's but better than Spell Pierce. It, yeah, it's, storm it's, and... it's a little... I mean, I'm just saying against them. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Like, you're hoping to just counter a Metamorphose, basically, in either case. But if Flusterstrom is the format, can you unban... Uh, Zone? Oh, Preordain? Maybe. It's such a hard yes for tempo decks. I mean, like, Days... Of these three cards, Days is the one I'm most afraid of in Phoenix. I mean, like, Phoenix did not exist when they were making this set, so Phoenix shouldn't be kept into mind. I don't think any cards that make Dredge better are going to be printed, but I think Phoenix is one that they had no idea. So there's probably good blue-red cards that make that deck better in this set. But Days seems miserable to play against if it's in Phoenix. Days or no Days, um, and we didn't really address the banning conversation. I mean, there's just so much of it, but Days or no Days, if Phoenix continues putting up the results like it's putting up in these percentages, 
it will be banned before this set releases, probably. Well, what does it will be banned mean? Does it mean that Faithless it, Looting will get banned? So I don't think is it, I don't think Phoenix dies. Phoenix is the best deck, or has been one of the best decks in standard for the last year, and it doesn't have Faithless Looting. I think if you put Days in and you, you remove Faithless Looting, the deck becomes a lot more fair. Like, that's so far and away the card you see in your opening hand, you're just like, I can't lose. You just play Cathartic Reunion. I don't know. I think, like, I think the deck's fine. I mean, like, obviously it is worse. Like, Faithless Looting is a really costing good... costing, too, is you, you're not drawing the cards before... Force, I'm not so. saying the deck doesn't get worse without Faithless Looting. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying the deck still is probably one of the best decks in the format. 100%. Uh, but on the banning conversation, because I don't want to leave that without a, a, one thing on it, Wizards isn't going to ban anything until after Modern Horizons comes out. <laughs> okay. Uh, unless the Pro Tour's top eight is eight mono Phoenix decks. like Or eight Dredge decks. And, and at that point, they might decide that the Mulligan rule is problematic. Before the Mulligan rule test, we said this last week. Yeah. The point of this Pro Tour is to be a experiment. You're, they are testing a thing. You don't take the data set you have leading up to that experiment and see if it gets better and like change it ahead of time. Yeah. Then the test doesn't work. Um, all right, so let's, the counterspell conversation we've had. That's an important one. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the next piece of the conversation. Do you think Wasteland is printable in Modern? No, all right. Do you no. think Brainstorm is printable in Modern? No. Cool. But no. do you think Force of Will is? Uh, I think Force of Will you could get away with because I, I don't think Force of Will, like, it changes the way the format is played, but it doesn't make me feel like it changes the way the way that it doesn't change the way the format is played, where that card is proactively good. Mm -hmm. It's just reactively good. I, I guess I guess my point is of the three defining cards of modern or of, of legacy, it is the one card that I would say there aren't decks about. There are not many force of will decks. There are brainstorm decks. There are tons of wasteland decks. The other thing I don't love about force of will getting printed into modern, and I think unless they're going to print modern horizons to the moon. We had a reprinting on Force of Will semi-recently. The card is not legal in Modern, and the card is still $75 per. But it wasn't until they announced Modern Horizons. It was... It's been... It was over 50. I mean, it's... Yeah, but there's there there are $100 cards it, in Modern that exist. I'm saying if you if you implement a new counterspell that a bunch of decks are going to want four ofs in the most popular format that isn't standard, I really do genuinely think the Force of Will is going to be a $100 card, and it's going to be a four of counterspell in the decks that want it, and it just increases the price of your deck because of the sideboard in a lot of cases by $400 it's like a, unless they're going to really print this thing into the ground it's just kind of like I don't love that it doesn't make me super excited um oh this is foil yeah it's been it's, it's been expensive <laughs> it's been 380 for, for the last five years <laughs> but if I mean if force wills in the set it's a big statement and so that's yeah. we'll, we'll keep our eyes open for that so like so moving on to the next part of the conversation well, um, that's something I want to talk about actually because that's that's I think more rel uh, relevant to bring up here as the a cost? segue is no just cost of cards I think any card that is playable in modern that gets printed in modern horizons becomes more expensive I think so too I think so too but you know what's weird um what was the last time they printed uh Prior to Ultimate Masters, Noble Hierarch. It was like, I think it was like Modern Masters 2. two so it was a few years prior. And after the reprinting of that card, it went on to be like a 90, 90 plus dollar card for years. But and the, the difference is between Noble... Oh, sorry, finish your sentence and I'll tell you what... Like you you do see eventually these cards will, will come down in price if they continue to print them enough. Like I was just telling Marshall before the show, you can buy a foil Noble Hierarch from Ultimate Masters right now for 47 bucks. Mm -hmm. I think you can buy a regular one for about 40 Like, it was 95 for the last couple of years. So the price is in half because of a reprinting, and that is one of the most played cards in one of the most high-demand formats. Like, as a form. It was in Ultimate Masters. Yeah, that's what I just said. Prior to that, though, the last printing. Uh, 15 How much is okay. a non-foil one in Ultimate Masters? It's cost? like 40 It's like a couple dollars uh, less. I would best, I would best <laughs> so the foiling Masters. process only adds 5 bucks. People so. hate the foils from Ultimate Masters. This is, this is a pro tip, guys. If you're looking to buy foils that long-term you're going to be stoked you bought, buy Ultimate Masters foils because for some reason the differentiation between a regular card and a foil card is such that players have convinced themselves that owning the foil from Ultimate Masters is not that special. I'll give you another good example. I just bought a foil Raging Ravine from Ultimate Masters for six bucks. A regular Raging Ravine from World Wake goes for 12 like at that if you're not that much off though from because people also hate Modern Masters too like because it has that waxier print because it was on the paper packs. Yeah. Um, but but on the the point about that I wanted you to say and then you, you cost got distracted costs we were talking about prices cost? going up when cards get printed into modern oh, oh, oh you were saying no more higher got printed and the price stays level so so our price went down. The difference between Noble Arc, Hierarch getting printed in this set and a and Force of Will, for instance, or any new card getting yeah. printed yep. is 
there was already a large population of modern players that owned copies yeah, that yeah, needed yeah. them to play. When right now, if you've played modern since the beginning, you have never needed to own Force of Will at no point in that career. And yep. tomorrow, or in, uh, once this set prints, if Force of Will is in it, you either need to open it as a mythic in this set or go get one. And that's yep. a much more difficult thing. And, and I think Force of Will is an extreme example. And this is obvious. I mean, I agree with you. I think this is the best argument against why it's not going to be in this set. Um, but there are cards, even at common and uncommon, that people just won't have playsets of. A if there's, I think commons will be fine. But if there's like Wirewood Symbiote is at uncommon, I think that card goes up. I think it, instead of being whatever it is now, say it's five dollars, it'll be a ten dollar card. I mean, we've seen this happen many yeah. times. Anytime there's been a modern, like the modern master sets, each one of them, the cards have gone down and then back up. It ultimately but, uh, increases the price of the cards being printed, and that's before even what you're talking about, right. which is a different issue entirely. Like they so, go up regardless, and sometimes they go up more partially because, like, oh, I opened up one Tarmogoyf. I need to buy four of them to be able to play with the first one I bought. Now I have to buy three more. So I'm gonna go kind of through here and, and throw out some other cards. I think the next category is. Cards that have been printed into non-modern formats, so like Commander, Plane Chase, Conspiracy, cards like that. Cards that have been legal in Legacy and Commander, but have not been legal for modern. Seeing reprints of those cards. Now, the first one that comes to mind for a lot of people is Baleful Strix. Um, and there's been a lot of conversation about Baleful Strix. You know who is totally off Baleful Strix? Uh, Chaz? Chaz. I know. I read his article about it, and it's interesting that he says that. And his reasoning is that it blanks creature decks so completely that printing Baleful Strix into modern just like changes the gameplay so completely that it's not it's not a reasonable print for the format. My response to that is what creature decks? Yeah, I mean it's like Tarmogoyf is worth forty dollars, like down from hundred fifty. It's like well, yeah, it drops and, and to that's 20. a deck that probably can get around. Like, are we talking about? zoo decks are we talking about burn like what deck is attacking with creatures that Belfast is good against versus uh, blocks, it blocks one. phoenix all day man blocks one <laughs> <laughs> this is like kind of my like yes they might want creature decks to be better but like blocks, most it blocks mantis rider will like get around <laughs> that in the decks that don't good like yeah think about when they were making this humans was the best deck in the format and if Belfast Strix is good against humans, then I think that's a net positive from Wizards' side. I, I don't actually think about this card as a card that would be problematic. If this card gets printed into Modern, you can bet that I will absolutely, on day one, be calling you endlessly about a Grixis Vexing Devil Claim Fame Baleful Strix deck, and it will exist immediately. It will be so sweet. Being able to claim fame of Baleful Strix is all I've ever wanted to do in Modern. I will be sleeving it up and taking it to the first... Just bringing it to the office just to make you, you look at you it. You don't want to just have Tezzeret just make it into a 5-5? Five five? I'll, I'll build all the decks. Okay. I'll build a Tezzeret deck. I love Tezzeret. So uh, I think Belfast Strix is an interesting one. Containment Priest is another card that kind of fits the same bill. I think, feels... I think Containment Priest is probably my highest pick for a lock. Yeah. Uh, feels pretty pretty darn like It's really good for the format. In, uh, some of you guys probably don't know these cards. Containment Priest is a card. It's white. One white for a 2-2 two, two. Two, two, flash. Two flash when it enters the Human. battlefield. If a creature would enter the battlefield from somewhere other than a hand, it's exiled. Is that what it is? Or if, if it's it from wasn't the graveyard? cast. If you didn't cast it, it doesn't. Non-token. It right? exiles. I believe it is non-token because Hallowed Moonlight specifically doesn't say non-token. Yeah. So we can snatch. And it's, yeah, it's a, so it's a bear. And I think on that. What if they print a, a second version of it that is just not a human? <laughs> I mean, that might be smart. And it's possible that like you. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, that, that card's pretty likely. Um, what about any of the what about any of the powerful tutors? The old Visions tutors? Like Worldly Tutor. I don't think, I don't think Wizards wants any tutor, Enlightened tutors. Enlightened Tutor, Mystical Tutor. If Green Sun Zenith isn't is too good, then Worldly Tutor's too good. What about what about I guess them? it doesn't put into play and there's other issues, <laughs> but like I think I think all tutors under three mana, Wizards is not like itching to put into the format. You don't think the marquee printing, the card that would blow everybody's mind, is them printing Imperial Seal in a Modern Horizons? Yeah, that would be bad. A one-mana black... I don't think that will happen. Sorcery Speed Vamp Tutor? Yeah, I think that would be... Half the decks in the format play Thoughtscour already? Like, I don't know. I think that would be bad for the format. Well, that is interesting that Thoughtscour could counter that and Worldly Tutor. I think that's like... A, a cute interaction, but not an interaction that Wizards would be like, it's okay to print a Vampire Tutor, a card that is banned in Legacy. <laughs> I mean, it's not instant speed, so it's significantly worse. And it's, it's still... also a $500 card. So right, so this is the at some point probably we just talked about, but... No, at a certain, but at a certain point, they're going to find a place to print that card. They have, it's a judge problem. They're going to put it into a set at a certain point. Yeah, but not, I don't think they're going to put it into... Modern Horizons, yeah. Maybe. Like, like, Modern Horizons, because of that choke point t- thing we talked about, can't have any card like that. 
Yeah. It would break the set in half. It would become problematic in a way that would make the set a failure, and Wizards is not dumb okay. to do that. But I do think on the Tudor conversation, um, Wishes have a higher chance of being put into it. That's interesting. Yeah, Cunning Wish. Uh, Cunning Wish would be a really interesting printing, because Glittering Wish has been a good card, but never a dominant card. Right. And like it's not like the other Wishes are really that different. Um, in fact, they cost three in a lot of cases, right? Living Gold. Wish and Burning Wish cost two. Cunning Wish cost three. Cost three. Golden Wish As cost does five or something. And Golden Wish cost five because they were so afraid of it. Yeah, because what does it get? Gets artifact or enchantment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the wishes are interesting. Um, what about some What about some draw spells? Actually, you know what? No, let's let's talk about some... This is a, These are a couple cards. Some, some red and blue spells that are like cheaper. Fire Ice is one that comes to mind. Sure, I can see Fire and Ice being said. I think the biggest limitation to Fire Ice is are there going to be dual, double cards? Right. Split cards. Like, I think that this set is meant to be advanced, but it is also meant to be somewhere in between a Masters set and a Battle Bond, and that's a set that they has a little bit of a lower skill bar- barrier to entry. They don't want it to be Masters Masters. And so, with that in mind, having one-off mechanics show up at common or uncommon yep. becomes problematic. Um, double face cards are just in the recent set. Could be totally fine. Like I, I, I think that that's possible, but something to keep in mind in general is the more complicated a mechanic, the less likely I think it is, unless it doesn't matter. Like They could print a arcane spell. They aren't because they're all legal and modern. But. Get, sorry, getting back to the conversation from just a second ago sure. about cards from these expansion sets that have not been modern legal. Mm-hmm. What about Dak Faden? I think Dak Faden is possible. Uh, by the way, Dak Faden is the best blue-red ever card. Save that for our Dak episode. Dak Faden <laughs> is the best blue-red card ever printed. Yeah, I was in total agreement when you said that to me the yeah, other day. Me and Michael decided it at Disneyland. We were trying to go over them. So we have some other picks that are spicier, but that one was like very obvious. So Dak Faden's interesting, right? Because like, okay, Dak Faden makes Phoenix better because it's really good at double loots. It doesn't. It's not really fast enough to make Phoenix that much better, and it's but it's really good. It's not an mm-hmm. instant or sorcery. Uh, it makes artifact decks that are playing artifacts proactively worse, mm-hmm. but there's not that many of those. There's like the few prison decks mm-hmm. and like, so, and I then just, I think it's fine. I think the biggest problem with Dak Faden is it's a planeswalker and how much planeswalkers are there going to be? How many of those slots do they want to waste on reprints? And he is the best reprint one because all the other ones are either walkers or Kaya. Kaya is the other one that they might include because she's just or a Duretti. big base. Or three Duretti. You're right. Those are the three. We also oh, or, yeah, because the other ones are command have commander pretext. Right. Yeah. Brea. 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 <laughs> well, she could be printed. I don't think she Well, she could. I I think actually so for that's that's the card I'm most excited about. Brea? No one no, Kess. Oh, yeah. Kess would be amazing. I think she's actually she's not as much of a lock to me as containment priest, but I'm really high on her, also because of hopefulness for all the obvious reasons. But um she has a problem right now where she can't be played in eternal formats easily because there's no non-foil printing so she warps so we we talked about last week if you have a damaged card what you can do both Brea and Kess uh neither of them have a non-foil printing right, printing. Right, so right. all of those cards that are playable out Brea is less of an issue there's not a legacy deck playing Brea Kess has legacy decks playing it that's that's a big the difference so like this card people can't play with easily in legacy because it is warping and so having a non-foil printing and it's a spell I think is fine. I don't think Snapcaster Mage is a four drop every other turn in Grixis. Is like that's exactly the type of strategy I think Wizards probably wants more of. Um, so cast, make it happen. What um, about what about any of the um, the Confluence cycle from from Commander Mystic Confluence being I think the best Fiery, Confl- fiery I are, Confluence. I think they're all possible. Yeah, I think high casting cost enough in the two most powerful ones that it's not that unlikely. I don't think the black or the green one come out. I think the white, red, or uh, blue one all have a chance with the blue one being the most likely other than the fact that we just talked about how they don't, you maybe don't think, that's too many counter spells. You don't think the black one? I feel like the black just, one is so close to play. I don't think they do a whole cycle of them. I think that's really pushing a cycle of rares just on that cycle and the black ones, unless they're uncommons, that'd be cool. That'd they be could sweet. be in modern Unlimited. if they were if they were downshifted to uncommon. Well, it I mean, doesn't matter in modern. The rarity doesn't matter. It's just in the set. For the sake of draft, drafting Mystic Confluence as an uncommon in that format really is the most bonkers thing I've ever heard. Yeah, or or the black one. I mean, the black one is neg two, neg two, draw a card and lose a life and uh, raise it. So it's basically just big Coligan's yeah. man. The reason I don't think I, I, they would be included is not from a power level perspective. It's from a boring perspective. Oh, yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah, a little fine. little too predictable. Boring. I think it's bad even, but. 
like why waste a rare spot on a card no one really cares about um what do you guys think about well so, so the one thing we haven't talked about yeah is tribal because i think that's also something that people are really expecting i'm really high on goblins just being uh like us they've already been kind of pushing it there's three big goblin cards lackey matron like, matron and uh, ringleader yep oh ringleader's legal already isn't it no no it got a recent reprinting with new art in one of the dual decks, but oh, it is it. not. Okay. Yeah. And so all three of those. And we don't think Recruiter would be re- reprinted. That's the one where you get the set Stack your deck? deck? Yeah. No, no, Because no. that just takes card. so long to process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is it banned? I think it's banned in Legacy. Legacy. Yeah, it is. Yes. And from, I think it's bond, a, it's bond for, for time consideration. Yeah. A, it, it doesn't work with how a tournament magic wants to The work. last printing of that card I think was like 6th edition. Yeah, I, I think one. it's been pretty really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the art's yeah. Right. Uh But yeah, I think those are, I think all those are possible. I think Elves has some chance, like people are really high in Wirewood Symbiote. That's what I'm pretty yeah. excited about. Yeah. Uh, any of the two mana, either the one that makes it for Forest or how many Elves you have. What are they? There are two of them. One's legendary. Priest of Titania Rothelos and, and, and Priest of Titania. Either can, of those. I don't think you can print Rothelos. Rothelos is on the reserve. He's on the cool. So Prince of Titania would be an exciting one. Prince of Titania would be a high swing. Like we yeah. want elves to be much better. I think Wildwood Symbiote is just a fair include that would be really cool. Interesting um, about Priest is she gets really wild. If elves becomes a thing, she's crazy in the mirror because she adds mana equal to the number of elves in play. in play. That's cool. So, so it's a brace for you both to get to your also Priest. Reason I think she might not be printed or like a Priest of Titania. Yeah. Another another um another tribal card that I think is highly likely is Carrion Feeder. Um, yes, I, think, I don't know if I would call that tribal, but I think Carrion Carrion Feeder is probably on my list of so, yes. But think, I mean, think about I don't that think card. I don't think zombies will be a draftable uh, archetype in the set. I don't. Think, oh, oh, you mean tribal from the perspective of them designing limited? I was thinking. Like, like, I think how, we get four goblins tribal cards like that. The only way they put those in the set is if you can draft goblins. Carrion Feeder will be in the set, but you don't need any other zombies to and make that. Carrion Feeder single handedly makes modern zombies a deck because, like, just Carrion Feeder and Blood Artist together, or not Blood Artist, sorry, Empire. Uh, Gravecrawler. Just Grave those two cards together alone is like already close to good enough. Maybe. I do think Carrion Feeder added to the format adds a lot of really cool options to the format. I don't think it necessarily makes... Zo- like, Zombies isn't the first place I would go, but I think like it's a great card to have in the format. That's, I think, also what they're going to try going for. They're looking to make strategies that are on the borderline of good and modern better. Goblins is a great example. Goblin yeah. la- like like Sacrifice, Aristocrat, Tokens decks are another one that I think are Do you think high. we get like a sweet zombie or vampire lord at two mana? Like a Only if vampire and zombies are tribally supported and limited. Like you don't put lords like that unless limited it's possible to build those. I think if they're going to do it, goblins and elves are the most likely ones to do that with. I don't think... And I, that's kind of my one theory, like why Red Symbiote might not be included. Sure. it's like elves is less like I think goblins is my highest bet. What's your thought? So Wasteland is too strong. What about Richard and Port? I think you can play Port because Modern is a format that's pretty color hungry. And it's most, and it, most of it's really good decks. There's almost no monocolored really good decks. There's like a couple, but they're not the kind of decks that would want to play Port anyway. So I think... You're, you're looking at putting... Like, how many mana denial decks do you really have? Like, it would be going Lots into a tempo one. deck. I, or you try to put it into, like, some sort of a tempo deck, like a Phoenix deck or something. But, like, you need your mana in that deck. So that's, like, spell, yeah, All basically. the tempo decks want their lands. I think that... Yeah, I think we should... Well, I don't think it's too strong, but it, it does a really good job of fighting Tron. It does a medium job of fighting Tron, really, because it doesn't get rid of the land. On that subject, what about Maze of Ith? Maze of Ith would be too... I think if Baleful Strix is a problem partially because it hurts on creature decks, Maze of Ith might be too... Without Wasteland, maybe Maze of Ith is tough. But on the other hand, Maze of Ith is not a, la- a mana-producing land. It's a spell. You have to play in your land slot. That isn't an argument for it being bad. <laughs> uh, well, also, I, I think maybe it's just one of those, like, does does Modern need a Maze of Ith effect? Yeah. Maze of Ith, maybe not. Like it yeah. needs a Rashad and Port or, uh, or a Wait, Wasteland like, it variant. It needs a way to hate on lands better than it currently has, maybe. But I don't think it needs a... I think Rashad and Port is the most fair land hate card in Legacy that's possible for Modern that doesn't exist already. N- okay, another question for you. You mentioned that, that they don't want well, less than three one. mana tutors. Mm-hmm. What about if they were to print Imperial Recruiter and Recruiter of the Guard into Modern Horizons? I think those are totally fine. So those are the red and the white tutors, guys, that are, I think, both one ones. The one searches for a creature with power two or less. The other searches for a creature with toughness two or less. Yep. I don't think both of them are fine, but I think one of them could be fine. <laughs> yeah, really? I think you could I think you could symmetrically print those into Mythic slots in their respective colors. I think both of them are able to be included, and maybe in multiple sets they would be fine being in Modern at the same time, but I don't think a set would have both. Okay. I think that you wouldn't do, like, I think that you would just pick one and not both. Um, I Although think, they could have, like, beautiful diptych art where they're, like, 
both rallying cool. in opposite yeah, directions. Yeah. I'd rather them do that over two Modern Horizon yeah. sets than the one. So I think the other cards that I see on here, and those will be speed round because we got about a minute left. Um, Armageddon. <laughs> Never. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Okay, speed round. Vindicate, yes or no? Uh, yeah. I think Vindicate's fair. Um, what about Stifle, yes or no? Uh, no. Yeah, I think it's bad. Force Spike, yes or no? Uh, not over the other cards we've discussed, but sure. Control Magic? Uh, yes. Boring. Okay. Fine, though. Um, Innocent Blood? I uh, love it. I think that would be really good to add to the format. It's I'd one of the cards. I think that's one of the cards that I'm the most excited about, actually, that I hope they print. Um, Mishra's Factory? Um, Non-Tribal Mutavolt? I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I think it'd be cool to add. It's Artifact, which has, like, implications, but... Uh, Mother of Runes? Uh, I would think that is a bad idea. I agree. I think it's a bad idea. I think idea. that is a haymaker. That is a Force of Will-style haymaker. If they want creatures to be better, like, that is what I can see them doing. I, I think it is, uh, but I'm, I would be afraid of it. Shardless Agent? Yeah, easy. I think it's easy. And then the last one that I have to ask you about is uh, actually two left. I think Shardless Agent is pretty high on the lock. Two left. Toxic Deluged? I think it's uh, too strong. Too strong. And finally, Gamble. Uh, tutor issue I mentioned before, maybe. I think Gamble I think would Gamble be the haymaker the- tutor if they wanted to push it, that you could give me Gamble because Gamble is such high variance mm-hmm. that the, like Dex would try it. And it would just it would have to just go in the like graveyard life from the Lomi deck. What if it's in just Phoenix? Yeah, that's true. That's it, fine. I think or the unfortunate Storm. thing is Gamble would help the two best decks in the format right now because I think both Dredge and Isaac Phoenix would be hot on playing not, a sometimes not. demonic Gamble, or sometimes yeah, 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 in tomb. Yeah. Storm exists. Yeah. Oh. Any card that makes Storm better, Wizards is going to be very wary of, and Gamble is insane in the modern Storm deck, more so than it is in the Legacy one, where Legacy doesn't have red cards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, some cards that oh, we... Lands. Psychotog. Do you guys think if there's... Oh, yeah. A- Psychotog would be pretty interesting. What do you say? Lands? Do you think... Do you have any speculation on lands? If there's going to be, a, a like, a dual land cycle, either a new one or perhaps a future site completed Situation. cycle? I mean, I've always wanted to see the Horizon Canopy cycle get printed into modern. It's a little amorphous when it comes to color. I don't, like... But then again, like, green-white's not really supposed to be able to sack lands through a card, so I don't think it really matters. I am unsure if they'll include lands. I think if they'll include lands, they'll be more like Christian Import. I don't think we'll get we'll get a like cycle. If we do, it'll be one of the mediocre, uncommon, like the you can tap for one mana or sack it for two mana of two other colors, uncommons. Or actually, I did I, I changed my mind. I, if I were to pick one, it's the tap fetches. From Mirage. Mirage. Yeah, the Mirage tap. That'd be interesting. I think those are fine. And um, and they're like modern-y, so it's like, oh, look, it's like modern. You can fetch lands. But they come in tapped, and they could be at Uncommon or Common, because I think the set might want mana fixing. Yeah. Um, so the one other thing... Oh, okay. So cards we don't want. Him. Yeah, bad. <laughs> him to Tark would be bad. Uh, him? What about Veteran Explorer? Wait, what's him? Added. Him to, him to Tark. Oh, okay. Black, black. Target player discards two cards. No, no, random. I know what guard him to Torak is. I you just said him, and I was uh, like, who he who him who? Him. <laughs> I think him Tark would be bad. Veteran Explorer probably bad. It's basically that's the one when it sacks. Each player can get two lands. Is that mm-hmm. what it is? I think that's fine. Basics. It's worse in modern than it is in legacy. Yeah, so maybe it's fine. He's um, part of Nick Fitter. Uh, what do you guys think about true name nemesis? Yeah, no Something way. a lot of people horrible speculated yeah, no. on. I horrible. think it's a horrible idea too. But I, I think anyone they're... that puts on their list is doing it for the clicks. So if people go on their comments and yells at them. That they're would be a definitely clip. not that. Like, like astral slide. Be fine. Ooh, I would love astral slide. I had I so much fun with astral slide back in the day. Yeah. Um. All right, guys. Someone unfortunately, that's gonna. Us. So I asked I asked online if people wanted excited or terrified cards and Perforos, someone put which is interesting. Astral Slides Day. Uh, the the final card I want you guys to comment on. Factor fiction. Is modern ready for it? Awesome. Yeah. Factor Fiction would be great. Not legal. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'd love Factor. I Factor think that's fiction possible. Be awesome. That could be the blue card, by the way. It'd be really someone good. Actually, someone brought that up and it was like, it could just not be any of these counter spells people are talking about. Wizards might not want to do that, but Factor Fiction is like more online with what they would want people to be excited about. As a mystical teaching, a recent mystical teachings convert, I would love to mystical teachings for faster fiction. Yeah, I agree. Um, it would be really, really good. I don't think it would be too good. I think it would be awesome. 
Um, so yeah, I think we'll, we'll continue to have more conversations about this. We'll have another episode that talks about new cards and we start to get a little bit better of a sense of what's coming. One thing that I didn't get to talk about at all, and I'm going to talk about it next week is the fact that I built a SIG deck and went and played a commander night with the command zone guys since last week, which is not modern friendly, but, uh, it is something I did and something Alex encouraged me to do. And I'm going to talk about it probably next week on the show. So Otherwise, thank you guys for watching and listening. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, Alex, anything you would like to add before we uh, get out of here? Uh, someone said that we were maybe a little off on the chat. Where is it? Uh, Brandon Russell is like questioning our comment on Deluge. I think Deluge might actually be fine. He's got a point. Maybe they print Deluge I think the issue with true De- name. I think the issue with Deluge... <laughs> uh, I think the problem with Deluge is that... Same reason that even Chaz thinks Baleful Strix is bad is that it's maybe too strong of an anti-creature deck. Now, on the other hand, it does do a good job at kind of shoring up the Dredge matchups and the Phoenix. Like, a, a board wipe that's good against those decks that are now getting, like, eight four fours into play is probably a good thing for the format. Um, it's, it's Shadow gets to bring it. Yeah, I was going to say, Death so, Shadow loves Toxic Deluge because yeah. it Shadow lives through it and stuff. I think it's yeah. borderline, and I think it is scarier than it is beneficial. I think them printing a different card that's good against, like, pick, target, toughness, destroy all creatures of that toughness or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. would be cool. So Instead of paying life. Yeah. Um, everything else in the chat. Uh, ooh, people are really excited about you talking about Commander. It's gonna next week. We'll do it. We'll do a whole conversation about it. Maybe we can get one of the, the guys on the phone. I played the games with Josh. Maybe I can mm-hmm. get Josh on the phone. That'd be fun. They um, said that conviction is too strong for Storm. I think it's expensive enough. Yeah, it's too expensive. I think. I mean, I think Storm would play it. Like, I think they'd play. I guess they play Gifts actually. So yeah, now, I but, think they. But like, I don't think it's that much better than Gifts is. No, it's like it. It ends up being like a four mana pieces of the puzzle in a lot yeah. of ways, and which is fine. I, I think, and I think it's impossible to. That's why Wizards hate Storm. It's yeah. impossible to just make it so they can't make Storm better. They just eventually will have to print another card out of it. If you guys want to follow along Coming with us, looting. <laughs> follow along with at the MMCast on Twitter. You can follow me at Ben Bateman Media. You can follow him at, at Kess Wiley. And <laughs> you know all these. <laughs> Marshall, do you have a Twitter? I do. I'm Marsh Unfocused. Or you can follow our podcast production company, Time Traveler Media, at Time Traveler Pod. Sweet. All right, guys. We'll be back. Same time, same place next week. Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator.